0: All right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. And do we have a show today? Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching rally month. But before we get to rally month, we've got to get through one of the first. And I say one of the first because, well, it is one of the first rallies that is fully permitted here in the United States. I'm talking about none other than the Kota Rally. And we have a treat today. This is the Kota Rally preview show or preview episode. I don't know. I feel like show is more like of a camera thing, but I don't know. We'll figure it out. So we have got some guests on today that know a little bit about the rally. As a matter of fact, it's the three guys over there, including the head honcho, Mr. Mike Graves. And these guys are getting ready for showtime. The Kota Rally is upon us. So as we'll be talking today for this episode... Hope everybody's been doing good. I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode with Scott Spears. Got a chance to learn some stuff. I'm absolutely looking forward to talking a little bit more about motorcycles, man. That guy knows a bunch. So definitely looking forward to that one. Having some fun with these guys. And let me see here. I am I am multitasking, ladies and gentlemen. If you guys can't tell that I'm distracted, sending the link over to the gents. So who do we got going on today? It is going to be Scott, Mike, and Brian from the Kota Rally. So I am looking forward to that one. Let's jump back over to the app here. We'll wait for them to come on. I've gone ahead and done that. So, yeah. So what does everybody think? How are you guys liking the show? How are you guys liking everything? I think we're doing really, really good and having a lot of fun. So I am absolutely excited get everybody in here. Let's go ahead and mute them and bring their uh, mic levels up. So when they start jumping in, we will be good to go. But yeah, so stay tuned. I have got some stuff. I know I promised you guys a video. Well, I have got a way for you guys to get into Rally Raid uh, in a very cost-effective manner. It's going to take two pieces of equipment. Uh, well, depending. If you're riding a bike or if you're going to be doing it from the car, that's going to be a couple of different things. But two pieces of equipment is going to be able to get you into the Rally Raid sport. I am gonna be sharing with you how to do that because that is the setup that I will be running for the Adventure Raid stuff. So waiting for the guys to log in right now. Looks like we got Brian and Scott. We'll wait for Mike to jump on before we get him on the on the episode. Uh-oh, there it is. The three amigos. Maybe just a second here. Turn down this party. Oh, I get these guys in. I really need something to automate that so it's a little bit smoother. Gentlemen. Good morning, Victor. <laughs> <Good> morning, Victor. <laughs> morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Excellent. Oh. Good. I'm hoping it's not ninety-something degrees already there, where you guys are at. It's just us here in San Diego. Oh, no. okay.
1: <laughs> nice cool 72 here in Casper. Nice.
2: Yeah, about the same here in Loveland, Colorado. Well get- Colorado.
0: Nice. Okay, so Three people on the line, so let's uh let's do an intro. Mike. Mike Graves. Yes. All right. So you are the main the El head honch el jefe at Kotar Rally.
3: I wouldn't say head jefe. <laughs> i the guy guys.
0: Oh, you cut out. Internet break. And then let's see who we got. Yeah. And then we got uh Brian
2: yeah so I'm the newest member uh, coming on board. I volunteered last year and since have since moved to Colorado, so I'm pretty much uh, working with Mike and Scott handling some logistics and then uh, primary duties doing contingency program.
0: Oh, nice. Yes, we are definitely talking about that. I've, I saw this year uh, a bunch of posts from you guys uh, with the different sponsors and stuff that's going on with you, so we definitely want to talk that. All right, and then Scott:
1: Yep. So Mike and I started this kind of as a retirement present slash challenge. See if uh, two 56-year-old guys could do. At that point, it was like 625 miles in five days with camping gear. And then Mike decided that maybe we should make a rally out of it. Nice. Uh, I kind of questioned I kinda questioned his uh his logic there at the beginning because I you know the difficulties of trying to deal with uh
0: multiple land managers. So but we pulled it off. Yeah. Uh as I was saying in the intro, I mean it's like one of the first uh fully sanctioned, like everybody knows what you guys are doing. So that is yeah, there's,
3: That there's,
1: is there's one of no those. <laughs>
0: That is a hell of a feat. Nice. So you guys are getting ready to get started, right? What's uh, I think this week already?
1: Yep. Um, I'll be going down day early to get, and I believe Brian will be as well as Mike. So, nice. Uh, Saturday, the guys will show up and start signing up.
0: Nice. Yeah, September tenth through the seventeenth. So coming up. I mean, it's the events here. So. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, who's talking, uh, Mike, were you talking terrain? What are, the, what are these guys up against for this, this event?
1: So, so, so this is Scott, and oh, I'll, I'll be talking terrain. So. Okay, awesome. So, so um, four of the five days, mm-hmm. these guys will be from desert environments around 4,000 feet up to subalpine, 10,000 feet. And they will experience every piece of terrain that that you can find in those environments. It'll be deep sand, uh, rock ledges, flick rocks, um, boulder-filled grassy slopes. So, uh, yeah, there won't be anything except possibly snow, but September... 10,000 feet, there could be some
0: snow. So. Nice. That is, uh, so it sound, along with that, it sounds like a lot of temperature changes and stuff like that. What, uh, is that what typically what you guys see?
1: Yeah. Um, September's always a question month weather-wise. I mean, it's typically dry. Um, but, you know, Mother Nature has a way of doing her own thing, and, uh, you know the nights. Whenever we're up in the up in the mountains, they'll probably get down into the mid forties, and then down in the desert, it could be over a hundred degrees. So they the the, the the competitors and the volunteers will <clears throat> they'll experience the full spectrum and more than likely a couple times a day.
0: Nice. So that's. Um... What do you guys, I mean, I did see some of the the posts and I saw one of the more recent posts on your guys' Instagram about the, the, using those tugger straps on the bikes. Um, I know that it sounds like that might be a thing for this year.
1: Um, it's, it really is a thing for every year, but as we were experimenting with different ways of, uh, recovering a bike, Mm -hmm. you know, using ATVs and UTVs. Uh, we found that the easiest way is to have those tugger straps so that we can attach a tow rope to a high point. Oh, okay. Because any any other way it it will pull the bike sideways. I it's really difficult to overcome the the physics of not having a straight pull on a center portion of the bike. And that's the best that we can come up with. Gotcha.
0: Okay, so this is try, trial by fire, fire, and you guys have checked it to make sure that that's yes. going to be the nice. So, yeah, let, go ahead.
1: We 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 had a we had a system that we were going to try, and uh, luckily we we experimented with it, and it did not fare so well for the ATV. Mm. So <laughs> okay,
0: so this is <laughs> see that's what I like about this. So you guys you guys are really in like testing. You know the gear, all of the like. You guys cross your dot, cross the Ts dot the Is. I was gonna say cross the Is dot the Ts, but that is well, sometimes, that, um, sometimes.
1: it feels that way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, <yeah>. Right. <laughs> nice. So okay. So we'll we'll talk bike setup here in, in a few. But something that caught my attention is the the temperature swings in California. We we bitch and moan when it gets down to you know uh, 49 in the mornings. And then, uh, when it's anything hotter than 78 degrees, you know, everybody's in the shade and man, the hot, this is global warming posts and all that fun stuff. What are you guys recommending gear wise for, for the event for, for people, you know, dealing with the terrain, dealing with the ambient temperatures?
1: Well, so I I can only go really by what I do. And, um, even when it's forty degrees, uh, my Mojave pants and jacket feel hot once once you get started. You know, it's that it's that waiting around, getting ready. That's whenever you may cool off. But once you're moving, unless maybe you're uh, you know a triathlon athlete, um, you're you're gonna get pretty warm pretty fast if. If you dress for the ambient temperature while you're standing around, it won't be very long before you are uncomfortable. Got it. So, you know, pack pack uh, rain gear, real lightweight rain gear in case we get downpours. That's always a chance, Mm -hmm. but because nobody likes being wet. But nope. But yeah, um, you could definitely over overdress, but you know it depends on the individual i i run hot so
0: yeah okay so i mean that's like i I'm, I'm just thinking okay well if i'm if i'm heading to the event participating in the event it sounds like my best case is uh something along the lines of like the climb or the moscow stuff where you can kind of layer layer in and be able to shed layers yeah, as yeah. you go
1: yeah yeah shed layers and you know compact yeah
0: nice okay yeah cuz it sounds like they're going to be getting some Getting some varying terrain as well as well with elevation, obviously comes the temperature changes. So, yes, nice. And that'd be interesting if they had a, a little bit of snow to deal with.
1: Uh it can, it, it is not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> oh man, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> some
0: people would probably disagree with people, but yeah, yeah. I like riding in the snow. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I don't think riding in the rain is not, is, is too bad. I've, I've raced in the rain in a vehicle before and that was, that was a lot of fun out in the open Mm -hmm. desert. But, uh, on a bike, I feel like that's a little bit more of a handful, especially uh, you guys get a lot of mud with the, with the dirt and the type of terrain that you guys have up there or is it, is it usually pretty good even with rain?
1: Well, so, um, you know, some of that terrain will get stickier and, and be, uh, a lot better than if it was dry, mm-hmm. but whenever you get into the, in, into some of that desert environment that has a lot of uh, bent nice soil, it, it can be a nightmare. Um, yeah, I've, I've been out in some of that stuff whenever it gets good and muddy, that your front tire will not turn. It just collects it up, wedges in the forks and all you have is the plowshare.
0: <laughs> and and next thing you know, you're collecting soil samples.
1: Yes. Yeah, usually, usually with your helmet. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it, it usually, I'm guessing, finds its way into the uh, into the vent hole right at the front.
1: Oh yeah, it plugs that sucker right up. <laughs> it's almost like as if it was computer. designed for that. <laughs> yes, Mother Nature's uh, muffle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nice, well, nice. So, uh, what what else should the guys know about about the terrain and what uh, what they're what they're up against this year?
1: Well, um, for sure, have your suspension tuned up for. you know, you're not going to be doing any forty foot tabletops. So, okay. The the harder you set it up, if you have it set up for track, it is is not going to be fun for you because you'll just get beat up. Yeah uh lots lots and lots of baby head rocks mm-hmm. um you know softer suspensions they they soak that up if you get to set up for a track it tends to beat you to death
0: okay so definitely like you know like a, a rally bike if you're headed to the event then it sounds like you want like that rally bike super plush feel uh maybe air on the side of uh air on the side of soft you know, if you've got your, right. your off-road racing setup versus something that's comfortable. Yes, because uh, like I said, they, there won't be any of the 15, 20 twenty-foot jumps going on. So. Okay, so all those videos yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah. of Dakar of sailing from dune to dune, not a thing.
1: Uh, no, <laughs> I, we we have we have some off off-pass, off testing that I probably blew that word, but yeah, we have some stuff that. You could definitely get some air and, and, but that, that's a smaller mileage percentage.
0: Um, so like I said, we're trying to, trying to give them everything. Nice. Well, that's good. So yeah, very, I mean, uh, varying altitudes, uh, which is, which is interesting. I get to see when you guys get into the higher elevations, how some of these guys will do, especially the California boys.
1: Well, and that's the other thing too, you mentioned the rain earlier. Um, when it does rain at 9,000 feet uh, due to relative humidity and those raindrops evaporating before they hit you. Yeah. It it is not like a Missouri rain. Can't sit there comfortably with a bar of soap and take a bath.
0: Oh man. (laughs) So challenges ahead, needless to say.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) I don't think anyone will walk away thinking that that was a walk in the park
0: uh well i mean and that a lot of people did uh from last year's event they did say that i did you know there w- there was some talks about that that hey this is this is not you know you're not going to necessarily sail through this event you know it is designed to be a bit of a challenge you know on top of the roadbook navigation but also a uh, rider ability as well aside from some absolutely epic scenery oh yeah
1: so yeah. You know, be be careful up there. Uh, it's easy to get caught up in looking around while you're riding.
0: And then, what's that that thing that's been going around? and like one minute you're you're enjoying the scenery, and the next you're part of it. <laughs> you are part. Yeah. So there there will be none of that, Billy. <laughs> BT. <laughs> so I know he's tuning in, ruffling feathers. But um, so we've got uh so we've got the challenge part of it uh let, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the bike side side of things mike oh is he on mute maybe he's muted mike are you there up oh, might be coming on Okay, well, let's, uh, we'll wait for him to, to jump back in. Yeah, he's, he's jumping in and out here. So, Brian, let, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the contingency stuff.
2: Yeah, so uh, very interesting, right, that all our contingency program uh, came to be in a very short period of time. We only had a first thought about this back in June of this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I come from desert racing in cars, you know, score, snore, and more series in, in the southwestern part of the us and mexico so each one of those organizations had a contingency program so i'm like man why can't we bring this to to our event and uh i proposed that to to mike and scott and they were all on board so kind of picked up that ball and ran with it and um You know, as with anything, when you reach out to companies, especially in this day and age, it's, you know, you reach out to a hundred, you might only hear back from a small percentage of them. So, uh, that's exactly what happened. We reached out to about 120 different companies Mm -hmm. and, uh, we've got an amazing response from 10, uh, very well-known companies from within the, this niche market we call rally raid. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. Um, we kind of, Approach this in a very informal way where we allowed we approached these companies and then we allowed them to decide what they wanted to contribute, be it uh, cash, product, discount, gift certificates, whatever it may be. And uh, we had an amazing response to that. Um, another unique thing was we, we left it up to them to determine what positions they wanted their contingency awards to go to and whether or not it was contingent upon a competitor currently using their product, or if they wanted to take the approach of maybe trying to persuade, uh, one of our competitors away from a different band a competing brand. Um, so yeah, it's been amazing. Um, and to date we've raised approximately $10,000 in contingency from 10 great companies. Um, yeah. And, uh, so some of those companies, I'll just go through them, yeah. um, and I'll tell you what they're what they're bringing to the table. So uh, the first one to sign on was Rally Moto Shop. Big thanks to Matthew Glade. They're providing four hundred dollars in medical data carriers to every competitor competing. Uh, we have F two R Free to Ride and H three D. Um, Enrique Lopez there again, monumental effort mm. stepped up. Uh, providing us with dealer-level discounts on all product lines that they carry. That's got a huge value of up to $5,000. Molly mm-hmm. uh, Moto Photo, uh, it's my company. We're putting together photo packages for the top three podium finishers. It's about $250 in value. Mm-hmm. Uh, Double Take Mirrors, local Colorado company, providing uh, $700 in mirror systems thanks to Earl Walker. Nice. Mira Activewear, coming on board with a custom-made rally jacket for the overall winner. And beanies, that package is valued at $900, thanks to Garrett Mm -hmm. and That's an international company, so thanks to them. We have broad reach out there in the community. Mobius Braces, uh, Idaho company, based company, uh, providing product discounts valued at about $500, thanks to Reader Ulian, Local company, Slavin's Racing, uh, gift certificates valued at one hundred twenty-five dollars for each stage and the overall winner, thanks to John Slavin and Alec Moorfield. Hammer Nutrition, the fuel they're providing fuel and supplement products valued at nine hundred dollars, thanks to Cameron Lingle. We have Shaft Sprocket; uh, they're coming on board to give the overall winner a Countershock system uh, valued at three hundred fifty dollars, thanks to Nathan Looney. Mm-hmm and then, and then lastly we've got wolfman motorcycle luggage coming on board with some luggage products of an undisclosed value thanks to Eric Halgen also a local Colorado company nice yeah so they're they're the they're the big ones contributing to the contingency award program and then i think uh equally as important there's three companies i'd like to to thank um uh that are involved in our safety and our software sh- system support mm-hmm. First one being Rally Navigator. Huge thanks to Mike Shirley. Um, You know, if you're not using his software system to create your road books, I can honestly say you're at a complete disadvantage. Um, You know, and, and to quote him, his software program is very intuitive and it'll definitely streamline the process of creating your Rally Navigation road books. Next one, uh, Rally Comp. Uh, they're on board for the second year in a row. Last year it was Jim Pearson who came out and provided all the installation and technical support for all the competitors. This year, Mike Johnson's coming, <laughs> uh, and he's also competing. So he's got he's got some pretty big tasks to handle uh, before Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're using them. In our opinion, they're.
0: Oh. Ooh internet fail uh i can actually kind of finish well i'm not going to finish it i'm not going to put words in his mouth but on the rally comp side of things i can speak to that as former race director at baja rally that thing's badass and it is a lifesaver um i even with the late nights it would have been much later without that thing so everything that mike johnson and all those guys are doing is a1 uh let's see here Uh oh everybody's dropping what's going on i thought you guys liked talking to me (laughs) brian you're still there No, that jump out. Oh man, it's me talking to myself. All right. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so rally comp, uh, we've been using that. I used it a few different times and I run, uh, I've done the tracking and things like that, uh, using that system that Mike Johnson has developed. And it's absolutely amazing being able to message a writer that's on his way into the sunset. Uh, so it's completely awesome, uh, to be able to have that ability. And it's awesome to see that, uh, that they're on board uh, with the Kota rally. (laughs) Scott, you there? Yeah, I somehow
1: dropped off, so yeah. I'm back.
0: All right, welcome back. So, let's see here. Yeah, I don't know what... Uh, I'm not sure what happened to Mike and, uh, and Brian. Oh, they're there. There's Brian.
2: Yeah, all right. So, yeah, I'm back. So, uh, yeah, just continuing on where I where I left off with Rally Comp. So, yeah. one other thing with regards to Rally Comp, you know, there's, there's three critical elements um, that... Uh, our federal agency partners looked at, and it was the fact that that system allows us to ensure that our competitors are complying with certain speed restrictions on federal lands. Uh, they were impressed that it, actually, that it enables us to accurately track their positions at all times. And then lastly was the ability to communicate through the rally comp uh, with two-way messaging in the event that competitor's bike becomes disabled or that they go down. So those three things were, were uh, big, big uh, selling points to the federal agency partners in our permitting process. Yeah. And and then uh, lastly, on the safety and software system support, this year we're adding SpotWalla, mm-hmm. and that's a, a tertiary system that we're implementing for safety. Uh, it's a personal location management system. Uh, that, that enables us to collect all the real-time data from every competitor and support teams in reach device, and then it plots that into the map so we can see where everybody's at. And then um, it also enables us to monitor location, speed, and time, similar to what the rally comp does. And then in the event that there is a competitor that's injured or, or their bike experiences a mechanical failure – we can then take that data and then dispatch the respective support crews to them as quickly as possible. Um, we just tested that system last week with Mo Hart, uh, of American Rally Originals, as he was validating our routes, and it worked flawlessly. Nice. Um, and anybody who's familiar with that system, unfortunately, uh, we have our system set up as a private event, so it won't be available for public viewing, but we may be looking to expand that in the future, uh, working with Jason from Spotwalla. So, nice. and then, uh, just lastly, with regards to the support, I just want to, you know, there's, there's a bunch of other entities out there that have provided some level of support, whether it's giving us a platform to, uh, promote our event or providing other services to us. So just take a few minutes to thank them. Most important, most importantly, is the volunteers. Without them, none of this would be possible. You know, since last year, we had ten competitors and about. 10 volunteers to support them last year in less than a year's time we've grown by 200 percent. we have 31 registered competitors this year and about 20 volunteers supporting the effort so a uh, monumental effort to grow that much in, in such a short period of time so thanks to the volunteers uh you victor at chasing waypoints for providing us the opportunity to come on here um, and, and for continuing to promote us. I just listened to your recent podcast you did with the American Rally Regionals and the Dakar competitors. Um, thanks for, for mentioning our event and, and, and promoting us there. I'd like to thank Scott Bright. Um, he allowed us to come out to his event that he held out in uh, Apple Valley earlier this year. He did a road book training event. He allowed us to go out there and talk to the people that attended that and to allow us to promote our event. Um, other companies that have been promoting us, Moto Minded, Chris Vestal, uh, Enduro Spec Suspensions, Warren Healy, Freedom Rally Racing. Man, I can't thank Robert Mann, Scott, and Sandy Spears enough, uh, wanted to align with us and come on board. You know, they're in the business of doing an arrive and ride support program, mm-hmm. but being that uh, the Kotal Rally is a Molly Moto event, they're still interested to come out and provide. Um, all the support required to make sure that every competitor is getting to the start line on Monday morning, and then they're going to continue to follow on to every bivouac and provide verbal technical assistance to any competitors that may need it to make repairs to their bikes. So huge thanks to freedom rally racing, uh, Willam Avenant racing. Um, you know Williams, our international shipping go-to guy, and I only mean that jokingly. But thanks to William, he's he's bringing all the Mira Active Wear contingency awards over to the U.S. for us. So thanks to him, uh, Montrose County Event Center. Thanks to Stonyfield and Faith Dunlop for giving us a facility to have our uh, tech and registration. Moose Gear Company, who's based out of Montrose, Colorado, thanks to Jeff and Linda Kleist for opening their shop on Sunday, a day they're normally closed to give the riders an opportunity to get anything they may have forgotten or need last minute. Avante Markets, Richard Harvey for providing all the drinking water containers for the event. RaceDesert.com, Klaus Rash for giving us the opportunity to advertise and promote our event on RaceDesert.com. Upshift Magazine for allowing us to contribute content and story to them about our event, post-event. Canvas Credit Union, Sue Graves, who happens to be Mike's wife, for handling all the financial aspects uh, for Kotal Rally. Uh, big thanks to Southern Nevada Off-Road Racing Enthusiasts, specifically Kenny Freeman, CJ Hutchins, Jeremy Richardson for providing insight into the BLM permitting process and contingency program management. Similarly, Mojave Off-Road Enthusiast Cody Jeffers for providing the same level of insight for permitting. Uh, Colorado Off-Road Championship Series Quarks, George over there for allowing Mike and I to go out and and do some photography testing at uh, the Quarks 12-hour earlier this year. And then lastly, Horsefly Brewing Company in Montrose, Colorado thanks to Phil and Melanie Fruismith, um, their entire staff. They're allowing us to host for the second time uh, in a row the 2022 COTAL Rally After Party. Nice. Um, yeah, so, you know, our motto as far as contingency and, and our support system is support those who support us. So, uh, you know, go check out those companies on their websites and their social media. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody. Appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Surprised. Am I back? You're back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's been <laughs> internet challenges.
3: Victor always happens to me.
0: Every time we connect, it always happens to me. I know. I don't know what it is. Well, wait a minute. Well, this is an important part, too. Uh, Internet. I saw a post. Are are we all now on the Starlink network?
3: That would be Brian's on Starlink.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's... Uh, let's see if we get a get a couple of mic uh, microphones muted. There's I don't know where we're getting the feedback from. But we'll see if we get. Uh, we'll move on to that. Thank you guys. All right, Mike. Let's get right. let's get to this. All right, we we one. You guys have grown the event. Uh, it's awesome to hear the contingency and everything that's going on, the terrain features and all of that stuff. But what kind of bike do I need for this? <laughs> let, let let's get some more people to the event. But we. They may already own the bike they need. You there? Oh. Let's see. Let me go back here. It still shows? No. He still shows he's there. All right.
2: Yeah, Victor, this is Brian. I could talk a little bit to the bike uh, yeah. yeah, so Mike can come back on. All right, yeah, so so obviously we, we get a lot of inquiries about adventure bikes, you know, the 690, 790, 890 category KTMs and other larger adventure bikes. Um, you know, in reality, the the terrain, not to say that there aren't maybe some capable riders out there that could do it, but, you know, um, it, it's it's definitely advantage to have uh, a smaller bike you know ktm 540s 390s stuff like that so we we've, we've placed a limit on the cc output to 540 cc's and below okay. um it's just you know not that there's a whole lot of enduro style of riding to this but you know there are terrain challenges with steep uphills and and as scott mentioned earlier rock ledges and all so um yeah it's more more catered to that i mean last year we had competitors on. Um, Hondas, KTMs, Huskies, Betas, uh, and, and our entries this year are, are the similar category of bikes, um, most being 450s, I would say, is the, is the go-to uh, CC output of the bikes. Um, we saw Last year, we saw various different configurations of, of rally light systems, the full-blown rally towers from the various different manufacturers. Um, one, one critical thing that came up late this year uh, that was a permitting requirement uh, that Grand County, Utah, had placed on us was um, to operate uh, on the lands within their county. They, they wanted us to implement uh, mandatory EPA stamping on the muffler and silencer system of, uh, with a rating of 82 decibels or less. So um, that, that created a lot of last-minute confusion and, and questioning. From our competitors, but I can honestly say that they all stepped up and they all did what they had to do to make sure that they had a, a compliant exhaust system because a large majority of our, uh, stages do run through Grand County, Utah. So thanks to our competitors for that. And then, you know, the other complexity with the exhaust is, is that anytime you're running on us fire service lane, you got to have a us fire service approved spark arrest or so we had to, we had to balance all that, uh, to make sure that the bikes were compliant, um, and and you know, going back to the Grant County thing, they want us to certify in writing no later than Monday morning when the first competitor takes off on the start line that those systems are compliant. Otherwise, you know, our permit was hanging in the wind. Um, you know, and and dealing having to deal with that six weeks out was you know put us into a little bit of a panic mode. But we all came together, worked with all of our partners to ensure that uh, everybody would have a compliant bike. Um, the uh the other things with the bikes um you know traditional rally tower setup you have a uh rally computer for cap and one for odo um, a lot of competitors choose to have that and then they supplement it with the tertiary uh abilities of the rally comp computer. It's not necessary to have all three devices you can you know you could you could essentially do the route with with what the rally comp's capabilities are mm-hmm. um but to have that redundancy built in is is important. Um, as far as the bikes, another big, uh, hot topic is, is, uh, having to run DOT tires and why competitors can't run mooses. And, and anybody who's, who's, uh, into motorcycles in any form of off-road, uh, riding, you know, they understand the benefits and the abilities that mooses provide, uh, in eliminating flats and, and reducing the overall, uh, likelihood that you would sustain a flat. But unfortunately, uh, at this point in time, I'm only aware of of one foreign company that's pursuing a DOT-rated moose. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But unfortunately, at this point in time, since there are no DOT-approved mooses, uh, we're not allowed to run them because our um, our li- what we call our liaison or transition sections do require the competitors to go over publicly traveled roadways. So we have to make sure that we're adhering to that. Um, obviously all the bikes need to be plated because of traveling on the public roadway systems, mm-hmm. uh, you know, insurance and all that stuff, uh, that you would typically associate with having a, a registered motorcycle for, for highway use. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, those are the, base, the basics of the bikes. I think everybody's got to have the ability to do at least, uh, I think bikes said uh, 150 or 160 mile fuel capacity. There will be one stage where we're doing – well, several stages where the competitors have the opportunity to stop for a mandatory 10-minute uh, stop, take on fuel, take a break, get some food in themselves, and, and drink some water. And then we do have um, one remote fueling station mm-hmm. that's going to be occurring during uh...
0: – No, oh. Are we experiencing a, an internet break here? Yeah, maybe it looks like it. Let's let's restart this thing and we get uh, get these guys going. But a lot of great information. That that's one of the biggest things that I think that was for the uh, for the that is about the. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I'm trying to trying to send links and do all this stuff multitasking at the same time. But basically, uh, that was one of the big challenges for the KOTA rally was that being in the stateside, having to deal with a bunch of different organizations and things like that, that they were very very strict on what. Uh, on what kind of regulation, like DOT standards, being out on the field, being all, you know, in these areas, they had a lot of rules about having the bikes correctly correctly set up here. So let's turn the internet there off. So that, a lot of, I remember that initially there was a lot of uh, challenges with that and people were were kind of upset. Oh, you know well, what, you know, this sucks. I'm going to have to convert the bike, do DOT, do all of this stuff and uh, to get the bike 100% compliant for this event. But... You know it's kind of part of it you know we we want nice things here in the states and that is just kind of the deal is you know you need to have uh some kind of compliance as far as uh with the with the highway safety so if that's you know making sure that you're on dot tires making sure that you're not running um the mooses because unfortunately they're not set yet uh and then from there uh making sure that you know you have mirrors your turn signals things like that you know it's a little bit of a challenge but it also makes it great for those dual sport bikes that are already set up for it so once you get uh, one of those bikes done and ready then it's just a matter of you know a, a phone call with one of these guys you know it could be uh, like you know specifically like rally motor shop they've got a bunch of different stuff that you can do if you want to go handlebars or a uh, handlebar setup for a rally light or if you want to go full send uh with one of their like sonora towers or one of the other uh setups that they have available so uh let's see if we're we're back on can you hear me? yes mike can you hear me? we can hear you. Like I
3: said, oh, it's always green. me to me I touch it, and that happens. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's always been it's the internet. We can yeah. only count on so much. Yeah.
3: But Brian, but what Brian covered what I would have said uh, in a great way. Uh, the only thing that we had thrown into the ringer was Grand County. Mm-hmm. And that was a last minute thing. They basically they have such an overturn of people in their county government, they did not know anything about it
0: and then they found
1: out that uh oh he died, he died off again
0: <laughs> okay this is yeah this is just the the internet and the world well hopefully we won't we won't be having these things with the uh with the, the starling setup but uh my guess is that what he was going to was talking about the the exhaust thing yeah, yeah. go ahead brian
2: yeah so with the exhausting so well i think what he was going to start off by saying was that um the the current the current uh board of commissioners in grand county this year had no knowledge that we actually even had our event in their county last year because there's been such a huge turnover so with the new uh board of commissioners that were there they were looking at us like this was our uh inaugural event coming through their through their county so you know, they didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about what rally raid was. So we had to, you know, re-explain what, what the whole uh, premise of our event was and how, you know, it's time distance speed, but it's not driven by, you know, overall top speed. It's, it's a combination of your ability to safely navigate the terrain, to, to hit waypoints and so forth. So um, fortunately, like I said, that was a last minute thing that had come up. Um, but we've come to a, a, a resolution in that, and they're looking forward to, to having our event. We're looking forward to working with them in the future. Um, but, yeah, it all stemmed around the, the exhaust issue. So. Yeah. yeah, they didn't know that we had – it's just a ball drop,
3: or is all it was on their end, basically. But we got it rectified. They gave us a unanimous vote by the county commissioners for our rally, and they were pretty impressed with the way our system was set
0: yeah, and I mean, in that, and you guys have been at this for, yeah, yeah. Last year was the first event, but you guys have been at this for multiple years already, permitting, working on all of these things, and and just trying to get this thing going. So, I can imagine a little bit frustrating, but um, but I mean, it looks like it was something you guys were quickly able to overcome. Adapt and overcome. Adapt and overcome. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I'm like, I'll let them finish that one. <laughs> But no, that, I mean, that's that, that's awesome. And I mean, it, you know what? Every event is going to have its monkey wrenches and things like that. But it's it's awesome. I, I, I feel like to some of these, you know, they, I don't know how, you you know, you, if you explain rally, if you say rally raid, they don't know what you're talking about. But, oh, it's a navigation event. They have to navigate. I don't know. It, it, it's semantics, right? Is how you say it and, and how they perceive it. Uh, I, I most definitely know the easiest way to not get permits is to say it's an off-road race. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah you, don't make, you, you never want to mention the word race when yeah. you're speaking to land managers because that immediately brings up, you know,
0: yeah. 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 A lot of people may have bad taste in their mouth. And there there was, you know, we've and we've seen it. Unfortunately, you know, there, there was some incidents out in, in the Southern California desert that it's happened. Uh, things have happened and of course the blm is going to be a little bit gun shy so it just makes it uh that much bigger of a deal what you guys have been able to achieve getting this event up off the ground and then now second year contingency sponsors you know the the terrain everything that you guys are doing and then the entries are up i'm i'm you know i'm absolutely excited i mean i hope next year same thing you know basically the entries double in size or you guys hit your limit right do you guys have a, a entry limit for this
2: Yeah, so last year and this year, the permits were limited to 40 competitors. Uh, Moving into 2023, we're working with Forest Service and BLM to do a NEPA study. And depending on the results of the NEPA study, uh, we may be able to increase to 100. Um, I will say that.
0: Hmm. He dropped. He did. So NEPA study, I'm guessing is, is we're going to, it's basically an impact study.
1: Yeah, correct. And each, uh, uh, land management office would be responsible for that. And that, that brings in, um, uh, quite a bit of additional work and, uh, some of the land managers basically require that, uh, they be, they be paid to do it. So, uh, we would, like I said, we're in negotiations doing that and it it will kind of be dependent if we can get them all on board, because if we have one or two holdouts, then it's all for nothing anyway. And all we do is end up spending funds that we really don't have. And it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't result in being able to go over that 40. Gotcha.
3: And the whole thing is Victor's logistics, you know. I mean, we try to be – we operate under a Mm leave-no-footprint. We want a very small impact in the backcountry. But Mm -hmm. the first and foremost thing is we want that quality experience over quantity. You know, the more people we get, the more issues you have. We want every competitor um, to enjoy that rally rate feeling when they get in the start box – and we do that separation in time, whether that be a one-minute start separation or a two-minute start separation. We want them, when they get into the backcountry, to look around. And-
1: Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, he dropped again. So, yeah, I think, yeah it, you know, whenever our guys were out there last year, I think they had somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to ten other – Riders that were sharing the trail with them, and you know that's always something that we we just want to drill into guys. Whenever they start off in the morning, they're sharing that trail with the public. They're sharing that trail with livestock. Um, they're sharing that trail with other competitors that may be lost and they may be backtracking. So you know they need to operate as if around every corner there is something there that is going to change your life dramatically.
0: You know, it has the potential to and that and i mean and that that goes without saying i mean i don't even even if they tell you it's on a closed course you know you never know and especially with competitors you know and and you could definitely be that that's one of the things with with that's the equalizer on rally raid you could literally be on the correct path but the guy navigating in front of you somehow got turned around and thinks he's on the wrong path so he's on his way back to where he knew he was where he knew for sure so at any given moment, uh, uh, what you think is a closed course, meaning nobody's going to be coming the other way, is actually one of your competitors. It could be literally the guy that was in front of you after two minutes at the start. So, right. so yeah, I completely agree. You always, especially in this, this form of racing, you know, off-road racing is a little different. You've got arrows. You're kind of usually going forward looking. But here you've got no other indication rather than a note. And sometimes the only thing you have left to do is go back to the previous note and start over. Yeah. So, so, Absolutely. Yeah. So we definitely wanna wanna watch out. And I mean that's it's you know, I've part of it, um, you know, the, the personal side of it is I, I agree, I love what you guys are doing, right? Leave no trace, you know, everything pack it in, pack it out. I mean it's just that's that's how it should be, you know. I mean the terrain, yeah, it's gonna change a little bit with the bikes going through there, but it that's that's completely different when there's trash and things associated with it. I just sometimes have a hard time, like, you know, with, with the organizations or the, the local governments that everybody wants to charge, you know, a fee, uh, you know, for their study, for their version. And they won't use the others or they're in different areas. So it makes it kind of difficult. Where my experience with Baja, it was like, yeah, the biggest line item is is literally an environmental impact study. But it was usually one organization. And in, wherever we were, it covered it. So it sounds like you guys got some a little bit of a challenge with that coming up, but I'm sure it'll 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 pan out.
1: Well, we've done a lot of stuff that no one thought was possible, so we'll see what happens. <laughs>
0: what's what's one more, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys got a lot of agencies on board because and, and not only that, I mean to be fair, <laughs> you guys are in two states, correct? Correct. Yeah. So is there uh as far as the route goes, uh a pretty even split or um it's
1: uh probably i haven't put the exact numbers to it have you brian
2: um i'd say i we're pretty close to 50 50 as far as the amount of kilometers that will be in each state we're pretty 50 50 yeah
1: nice yeah
2: all
0: right and then uh just if if you guys can disclose roughly about how many kilometers or miles are, are these guys looking at for this year
2: uh, originally, um, was about 1126 K. Um, I think we had to make a couple of minor adjustments. So we're right at about a uh, thousand sixty. So we're pretty close to what we projected.
0: Nice. So for those playing the home game, uh, that's kilometers. So miles, that's roughly what? 600 and something, 620 ish, 630 ish in the week. So that, that's, that's a pretty good week.
1: Mike, are you on?
0: It shows. It's it, this is weird. Yeah, it shows it's connect. He's connected, but it doesn't. Uh, but we don't hear him.
1: Yeah, mine kept dropping off. I'm not sure what was going on, but yeah. uh, I I think final tally on the uh, the previous roadbook was in the neighborhood of 700 miles. Um okay. So, yeah,
0: nice. Well, that, that is definitely a good, uh, that's a good ride for the event. And, and I mean, and it's a beautiful 700 miles, I'm sure. And
1: oh, yeah. some yeah, people will be exactly. cursing it, but <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes the, the cursing part will just occur in a place where there's really not much to look at, except uh, kind of a rock face, and yeah. maybe, maybe a, a mud hole that was deeper than you anticipated. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you learn how fast mud stops a dirt bike. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, it, it can bruise up your thighs.
0: <laughs> nice. And so have all, all three of you guys ridden ridden all the road books already, ready to go?
1: Uh, Brian hasn't been able to he's he's working out the working out some kinks with his bike, but Mike and I have yeah, we've we've rode every every foot of it, so Nice.
0: That's awesome. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, it's, it it sounds like, uh, sounds like we're ready. Any, any big final prep for this, this last week or are you guys taking the week off? Oh God, no. (laughs) (laughs) I knew the answer to that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All the last minute stuff that, uh, you know, over the course of a year in between and you know, the fact that the gray matter is up there at 59 years of use and probably abuse, yeah. Things get forgotten and uh, remembered usually right about the hour before you're leaving.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's always, it's funny how that always works. Yep. <laughs> but nice. Well, good. I mean, I'm glad that uh, we're, we're back at it again this year, next year, for sure. This is on the calendar to head out there and uh, I'm going to be trying to share, you know, uh, when I see you guys announce stage winners and, and leaders and stuff like that, I'll, I'll definitely be sharing that uh, because I mean this is this is it you guys are you guys are pioneers you've got one off the ground you've got the ama now backing you guys so uh i'm i'm excited to see this event grow even further
1: it'll, it'll give people an option of not having to visit a foreign country mm-hmm. to have a sanction event yeah
0: absolutely that's true and uh, and not only that but i mean it's uh it is right in our own backyard it's built the right way everything all of the amenities and things that you have within reach and you know like you said it's kind of feeling a little more secure about not having to go into a, a whole another country uh dealing with logistics you know transporting your bike across an international border and things like that where personally i know and it's and it's relatively easy but there is uh there is always that chance you know there is you know people are people and there's always that one guy at the border that decides he's not having a great day and so he's going to make sure everybody knows about it yep so yeah but that's good well awesome well i'm gonna let you guys let you guys go we're gonna jump uh jump back to it uh and then we'll get uh we'll get some updates who who should i reach out to for updates who's who's gonna be
2: yeah, Victor. says so Brian. So right. I'll, I'm going to try to be doing stuff live every night. Um, okay. You know, we're trying to bring that raise the whole level of uh, exposure. So we anticipate interviewing co- uh, competitors every night and then posting our results nightly. Okay. Um, and that's that was the whole reason why we wanted to bring Starlink on board so we can we can do that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be the point of contact for that, and I'll be tagging in. And uh, all the social media stuff. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's let's get that going. And and so speaking of social media, what uh, what should people be uh, following? Who should they be following, and where?
2: All right. So so we're in order to streamline our marketing approach. Right, we want to simplify things um, to to kind of curb some of the adventure rider inquiries we're getting. So. Currently, right now, we have Kotal underscore Rally underscore Adventures was the original page. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after September 30th, we're transitioning to just uh, at Kotal underscore Rally. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, we've been redundantly posting all the content to both pages, and we'll continue to do that through the end of the event. But uh, moving forward after that, and then the website is www.KotalRallyAdventures.com. dot com. Mm -hmm. Uh, that will also be changing. We'll be simplifying that to dot also after September 30th.
0: Nice. Excellent. Yeah. So all, uh, I will, I will put those links, uh, in the description and then, yeah, we'll start getting, uh, getting the tags correct and everything and getting, uh, okay. I'll, I'll reach out to you and get that list of sponsors again. So I can always, so I can make sure to include, you know, their, their ads and, and hashtags on any of the posts to so make sure they're getting, getting some coverage and recognition for, for stepping up.
2: Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank
0: you. Yeah, absolutely, guys. So any uh, any final things? I'm, I'm going to reach out to Mike here after the call and just see how he's uh, how he's doing. And you know, we had a little bit of technical difficulty on that side.
1: Yeah. Um, as far as the adventure bikes go, um, I have no I have no doubt that there are riders that could accomplish this. The issue goes back to the recovery. Mm -hmm. If we were to have an 1190 go down because of mechanical failure, there are some places that we would have to disassemble that bike to get it out of there. Yeah. So that, that is the biggest issue there. Yeah.
0: No. And I, and, and I agree. I mean, that's, uh, there, there are some very talented riders and, you know, and after talking to Scott Spears and hearing his adventure with some of those guys and riding these black diamond trails on these things, um, I, you know, I know there's people and and that's the thing is those things have the horsepower to solve a lot of problems that a 500 doesn't. Uh, So the problem with that is is they will climb some hills and some things that are pretty gnarly that you don't want to turn around and come back down on a bike that heavy because horsepower is one thing brakes are another (laughs) and 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 mass are completely different things. Um, but you know, it's, it, that's kind of what I've been leaning on doing this adventure raid stuff, even down here in in San Diego is, is that there is a ton, like the market is there. There's no doubt that there's a ton of adventure bikes and they want that stuff. Uh, but I think the rallies and the things that we're going to be able to expose them to are going to be based more on fire roads and areas where it's one easily accessible and two, um, you gotta turn down the difficulty a little bit just because of the, the size of the bikes. You know, yeah, a, the mass. yeah exactly. it, all,
1: it all ends up being, you know, simple physics, <laughs> so yeah. something, something that weighs a lot going in a straight line is going to continue a straight line. Yeah. Weighing a
0: lot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, you can plow. Through, I mean, and that's uh, in talking to Chris from Rottweiler performance when we were talking about the rally bike um, setup. you know, he, he mentioned, you know, yeah, it's the hardest thing for that bike was getting into the corners it accelerates so fast and so hard that it's hard to judge the closing speed on the corners and get it roped back in in time because the tire the tire is still a 140 the front tire is still a ninety ninety, so now you've just got you know 400 pounds of bike instead of 250 pounds of bike, right you know and, and almost double the horsepower but who's counting
1: <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> nice well cool excellent uh, Mike Can you hear me? Fingers crossed. Yes, we can hear you. We are. Well,
3: guys, what those guys did the talking. Yeah, I've got got stuff left to do for the rally, so you know, I just make you're doing that rally X stuff. So.
0: Oh yes, I know. Yeah, so I was going to say. I know you guys are busy, and I know for sure you're not taking this week off. So. (laughs) Oh no. I know, but get to it.
3: All I got to say is this: is Mother Nature has changed the train, and. 14 days or less from the time Scott and I were doing our final inspection of the route to when Mohart and I went out and he did the verification ride. Yeah. Totally different terrain. So it's going to be some good riding.
0: All right. So everybody playing the home game, you heard it. If you're headed there, be ready. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing the post, watching the events uh, from afar and then, uh, and sharing some of the stuff and seeing how this goes and, uh, Next year, this is going on the calendar. I'll be there in person for sure. All right. Thank you very, very much, excellent, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Enjoy the week. Good luck. And uh, I'll be talking to you guys soon. Thanks, Victor. Yeah, of course. Thank you. All right, guys. So there you have it. Mike, Brian and Scott from the Kota Rally. So I'm absolutely excited. Like I said, I mean, there's a lot of work that has gone into this event. I mean, that is hands down without in. And, and not to say that none of the other events, but usually it's maybe one major agency, a few of the ahitos, a few of the landowners, things like that, that you've got to work with. But here you're talking about multiple government agencies and each one of those government agencies is very um Uh, it's funny, I know the word in Spanish, exigente, So they're very like, uh, demanding on what kind of things that they need, you know, and, and rightfully so, right? Because, you know, we, where we are at in this day and age, it's like, if something goes sideways, you know, we need to be able to show the documentation and the proof of that everything is within the bounds of the law and what they are requiring and what they are asking of the organizations or of the competitors and things like that. So in the end, That's just a bunch of paperwork and all of that stuff. We're a week away from the Kota Rally. It's going to be an absolutely great event. Uh, Hope you guys are able to check it out. Follow along on the different uh, social medias. You definitely want to be uh, checking that out. One, uh, Kota underscore Rally, uh, then Kota underscore Rally Adventures. I think we should all just be working on following the Kota underscore Rally side of things just to get that transition going. You know, as you heard, then they're going to change the website as well to um, KotaRally.com. I'll have the links in the description if you guys want to check that out. I'll be tagging them and, and sharing their posts and things like that uh, because, yeah, this this event needs to grow. We need to help. Uh, we are creating our Rally Raid community and our Rally Raid family here in the U.S., uh, and it is coming along very nicely. So, I've got some stuff headed your guys' way to make it very easy for you guys to get into the rally side of things uh, with a with a quick recipe that's going to work quick and dirty. Uh, it's going to be a lot better on the pocketbook. You won't need to reach out to Visa for sponsorship or American Express or your credit card of choice. But uh, the idea is, is that we'll come up with a game plan. We'll all work together. If you guys are going to be in the Southern California area, once I can get uh, some of these roadbooks finished up, buttoned up, uh, we'll be doing some adventure raid stuff. You can run the setup because that's what I'm going to be running uh, so that that way it's it's all proofed and ready to go. so I am absolutely excited. we've got a lot of adventure bikes, we've got a lot of stuff going. We've got rally month coming up right now in October, uh, right after the Kota rally. We have a few weeks off to get the bikes ready, and then it is straight to Mexico for Baja rally Six day, and then a couple weeks later it's going to be the Sonora rally as well. so absolutely stoked, excited to be down there and getting uh, getting some coverage and talking to you guys uh, live from the event so man stay tuned here we go all right with that being said guys do not forget it'll make sense when you get there enjoy the ride all right that is the wrap for the chasing waypoints podcast this week hope you guys enjoyed the show don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints, underscore official. And, of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up. And don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week.